Welcome to the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Where we celebrate poetry and the Commonwealth with people from across the Commonwealth. I'm Jazz Brandreth. And I'm Afra Brandreth. We're a father and daughter based in London in the UK. But each week, online or in person, we're visiting a different Commonwealth country. And when we get there, we're going to talk about poetry with someone from that country who cares about poetry, knows about poetry, often writes their own poetry. And they're going to share with us two or three of their favourite poems. Where are we after this week, Afra? Rwanda. Rwanda. Okay, how do we get there? Well, we're actually going to the High Commission in London to meet a poet. Okay, we're going to the Rwandan High Commission. Before we set off, just give us a flavour in just a minute of Rwanda. Known as the land of a thousand hills, Rwanda is a densely populated, landlocked country in east-central Africa bordered to the north by Uganda, to the east by Tanzania, to the south by Burundi, and to the west by the Democratic Republic of Congo. With an estimated total population of 12.3 million, Rwanda is a relatively young country. In fact, 50% of Rwandan population is under 20 years old. The official language of Rwanda is Kinya Rwanda, and of course it is home to the amazing mountain gorillas. The capital city is Kigali, and it joined the Commonwealth in 2009, becoming its 54th member, the first country to join the Commonwealth under the revised membership criteria, and one of only two members without historic ties to the United Kingdom. Part of the history of Rwanda is that over one million Rwandans were brutally killed in 100 days during the 1994 genocide against the Tutsi. Rwandans commemorate the 1994 genocide against the Tutsi on April the 7th, which was also adopted by the United Nations as the International Day of Reflection on the Genocide Against the Tutsi. Well, today we've come to the Rwandan High Commission in London because we're going to talk about Rwanda and the poetry of Rwanda. And we're meeting somebody very special who's got a wonderful name that I feel is appropriate for the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. She is Melody Ingaviere. Both your names are wonderful. Both my names. <laughs> Tell me about the Melody. Uh, so my mother loves music very much. And I am told her favorite musician or singer, um, her name is Melody. So when she had me, she thought, Melody was an appropriate name. And Ingavire? Ingavire means uh, grace in Kinyarwanda, so the um, language that is spoken in Rwanda, so the, the actual indigenous language of Rwanda. There are several languages in Rwanda, aren't there? Yes. There's that one. Is it Kinyarwanda? Kinyarwanda. Kinyarwanda. Yes. And they also speak... You speak French? Yes. Some people do. French. Because of the Belgian heritage? Exactly. And you speak English? Yes. And Swahili. For convenience today, do you mind if we stick to uh, <laughs> English? Because my uh, Kinyawanda yes. is not up to much. That's okay. English is perfect. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your story. Who, who are you? What is your background? What is your family's background? So I am um, Rwandan, originally Rwandan. Both my parents are Rwandan. Um, I was born in Rwanda, Kigali, the capital city. And then my father moved here for work and we followed. 
um, so when we moved here I, I was quite young so I've pretty much um, pretty much lived most of my life here in the UK um, than I have in Rwanda but I've kept up with my heritage uh, we've moved back and forth um, so I, I'm as much uh, Rwandan as I am British, I guess, in in some ways, but yes. So that's 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 a short history, I guess. Um, it's a good short history of you. Yeah. Give us a short history of Rwanda. I do a radio program in Britain, and it's actually heard around the world called Just a Minute, where they make you talk for just a minute about anything. Yes. See if you can tell us, Afro and me, a little bit about Rwanda in just a minute. What would you so, tell us? Rwanda is a small country, so it's eastern central, so within eastern central Africa. Um, it's 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 um, a beautiful country, very uh, vegetal, very green, very beautiful, has lovely people, very welcoming. Um, we are known for different things, I guess, um, including... Um, Obviously, it being one of the countries that has, actually, the country that has the most women in parliament. Um, we are known for Kwitaizina, um, which is also a part of like of a um, conservation, uh, uh, which is uh, basically normally Kwitaizina is a ceremony where people come together and they name newborn gorillas. So we do treasure our gorillas. <laughs> And, and it's one of the um, steps we have taken towards conservation. Um, I think the other thing people may know about us, and one of the things that really did highlight Rwanda on the world stage, is uh, the genocide against the Tutsi, um, which was just 27 years ago. The other day we were doing our commemoration um it's it's i guess not such a beautiful part of our history but it's something that we try to remember and commemorate so that it's something that doesn't repeat itself be it in rwanda or elsewhere um having seen other genocides like that but um generally um now after that after all those 27 years that have passed rwanda is just a country that has a lot of young people, a lot of innovation, um, a lot of colour, a lot of change. That's that's what I would say. Thank you. That's a wonderful quick tour of um, what's <laughs> happening in Rwanda. When you yes. go back and visit, what's the one thing that you always look forward to doing or ah, seeing? Um, it's interesting. I miss the people and the sounds and the smells. <laughs> that sounds very, <laughs> that sounds very broad. But um, some of the things I miss is people, sounds, smells, and maybe food. So there's, there's the, the food there is obviously different culturally, um, but also the taste is different. What are the kind of traditional dishes? That you have in Rwanda? Um, so we eat a lot of uh, root vegetables, eat a lot of greens and uh, legumes, beans, peas, things um, like that. But um, normally we eat things like cassava, we eat potatoes, um, um, diff different things like semolina, I guess. Um, I, I know uh, a few people would recognize that. But we, there is a 
wide range of things um, that also uh, don't that may not also always be traditionally Rwandan as well, but also that come from like the greater lakes region, so from Uganda, from Congo, from Tanzania, that but have also been included in the Rwandan cuisine and have been taken on as yeah, Rwandan cuisine. We're here to talk about poetry. When you were a little girl, were you introduced to poetry, nursery rhymes? What were the traditional Rwandan forms of poetry when you were a child? Interestingly, <laughs> um, I spoke English first mm. uh, before I spoke in Yaranda. Um, and this being uh, because I attended an English school first and um, I then consequently learned Kinyaranda. But in terms of poetry, I remember the ones I remember were um, like nursery rhymes. Mm -hmm. So that those were the ones um, I, I I remember being young. But I think they are the usual nursery rhymes. I think um, especially if you are in an anglophone school, I think they're they're very close to the ones here as well. Um, so it's 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 not so different. Um, as as for Kinyaranda poetry, I think I became more aware of it as I grew up. But um, generally, in the Rwandan culture, there's a big um, we have a big tradition of storytelling. So be it so poetry is is seen in other things in other forms of storytelling. For example, they sing for cows because cows are. Um, quite um, they're almost like we wouldn't say pets but they are animals that are revered that domestically kept and that represent a lot um, in our culture so they sing to cows poetry is uh, used in entertainment um, it, it, it is used in the way people uh, for example um, tell their heritage normally someone if you ask someone like where are you from or whose are you they normally say their name and they say their father's name and they say their father's name before that and that is also done in a poetic way so poetry is a very big part of the traditional um, culture and and obviously in schools as well uh, much later when I was um, I guess now that I'm older and when I was a teenager Although I wasn't particularly in Rwanda, we, um, I realized even, even now with our generation, with the younger generation, there are lots of people who are interested in poetry and prose. And there's so many young people that write, that do a lot of spoken word, actually, in Rwanda. Mm. Yeah. Who are the famous? I mean, are there poets who become famous in Rwanda um, that you particularly admire, like? So I would... Um, I think I would quote maybe a few of my generation because <laughs> the older generation, I know some poems, but I am not too familiar with them. Um, and I think my generation are, we double in different languages on Kiaranda, in English, in French, uh, in Swahili, like you said, and, and other, in other languages because we've been more exposed to different cultures. So I would say um, 
for my generation i have two young ladies that i really like one of uh whose poem i am actually going to read later wamahoro enjo wamahoro um omalaika wamahoro and there's giramata as well they've they bo- they're both really really good at at spoken word um malaika is actually an actress so she she doubles in a multitude of arts. Well, will you perform one of her poems for us? Which yeah, one which sure. one have you chosen and, and give us the context. What's the poem about? So, I have chosen Speak for the People. Um so this was written um on the 20 for the 25th um commemoration of the genocide against the Tutsi. I thought it was fitting because it it um it talked about Rwanda what it went through but where it is now although it was for the 25th and we're on the 27th I still think it it gives you an image of what Rwanda went through and what it is now. Good well good poetry we hope stands the test of time. I hope so too. Please we'd love it you to read it for us. Yeah. Speak for the people by Malaika Wamahoro. 25 years ago we were surrounded by fears our hopes immersed in fears but collectively we decided to change our gears and stayed away from anger and danger we made enemies our peers we made strangers our neighbors and now instead of harm we do each other favors together we make headlines in papers and say the same world that had forsaken us now remembers us in a different light I love it. I love the rhymes, I love the rhythm. Yeah, I love the message. And she's written this in English. She lives in New York now, I, yes, I read. Yes, she does. So does she tend to write poetry in English or does she write it also in 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 Kinyarwanda as well? So she does a lot of spoken poetry, so spoken word, um which I think is pretty very popular in Rwanda as well. Um and she does write in both Kinyarwanda and English and perform in both Kinyarwanda and English. So there are um some of her other poems that have Kinyarwanda in them and so there is both English and Kinyarwanda but I thought this was I this is one of my favorite but I thought it was even more appropriate because then you could understand everything um she was yeah, saying. Yeah, it's wonderful how yeah. it links with the history of Rwanda mm. and brings poetry to that, to that important yeah. um moment that you all need to you know we all need to remember that's true yes and you're a poet as well yourself how did you get into writing poetry um so i think just in school one of my favorite um i th- rather my yeah definitely one of my favorite subjects was english um so english literature english language both were um and i think the more i just enjoyed the class the more my teachers encouraged me to write short stories and so on and so forth and i just found myself writing later on um um i found out that my mother actually does write used to write when she was younger and it actually turns out i write myself and my sisters write so we it's, it's become a family thing so um so i think it's it's somewhat uh, in in the culture maybe um mother has passed down onto us but also in the love of language and in the love of self expression 
and in the love of art as well. Yeah. Well, we'd love you to share one of your poems with us. What have you brought with you today? Um, so one of my poems, I actually hadn't uh, gone through this poem for a while, but it's called Relearning the Power of Soft. Is that again? Relearning the Power of Soft. Relearning the Power of Soft? Yes. What does that mean? Or maybe the poem will tell us. Um, so it is in the poem. Um, I just, I think I wrote it at uh, at a time, I don't know, I must have read something in the papers or just thought um, there there is something almost brutish about the world and the way we move in the world. And I just thought there, there must be a different way to move and to see the world. And that's that's what led me to write this poem. Yes. <laughs> Please, we, we could all relearn the power of soft. Read on. Relearning the power of soft. I've forgotten the power of soft, the power of malleable material, the power of the heart, a heart not set in stone. See, the someone from the wild is calling for the strong, the unmoved, the unbothered, and so I have walked out of my skin, left it behind, and walked naked onto the battlefield. Lies I have told myself over and over, this is it, I've said, this is you, well done, I've said. And I am, I am winning at being as cold as the Antarctic, hard as a rock, and bothered as a corpse. So I ask myself this, are you a machete, a gun, or the latest ammunition? Who and what have you become? At the front line of this battle, I sit defeated, depleted. I sit on the ground for all to see. I am not ashamed. Suddenly, I feel lighter, Ego climbs off my back, youth returns, I breathe. For the first time in years, tears. Tears like I remember because for a while now, I have ignored this well of water collecting underneath my surface. As water flows down my Sahara-like drab of body, skin unfolds, spring has sprung, growth has begun in me. Soon my dry bones are a nourished body. Atop my skin, melanin flowing like honey, heart filled with love, a tinge of regret and failure, and yet a power so strong, unlike the strength I've been told to believe in. Now that I'm rooted here at this battlefield, both feet deeply grounded, growth unstoppable, I will tower, I will tower over all, I will fight like I can conquer. Now that I remember my heart, my soft heart that led me here, I do not will to undress myself of this glory, of this softness, of my true self. Wonderful. Thank you very much, Meredith Ingeviere. And are you optimistic about the future of Rwanda? Very much. Very, very much. It's a country full of young people doing so many great things, so many innovative things. So I'm just, I'm looking forward to see what, what, what the future holds. Good. Well, we've enjoyed our virtual trip to your country and we've loved hearing your poetry so thank you Melody thank you very much in fact thanks for the Melody Melody <laughs> that's it for this podcast our thanks to Melody Ingabiri who chose to read Speak for the People by Malaika Uamahoro and Relearning the Power of Soft by Melody Ingabiri join us next time when we'll be in another Commonwealth country with more poetry from the Commonwealth the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast is presented by Giles Brandreth and Afra Brandreth and produced by the University of Chester. Our special thanks to them and to the Royal Commonwealth Society. And of course to you for listening. <laughs>